0: Music Ed Talk. Today, I'm joined by Earl Schaefer. Earl, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'm a. I taught high school band for 35 years, uh, and after I retired, I wound up uh, into the collegiate world. Three months after I retired, I was teaching classes at Longwood University in Farmville, where I've been there since January 2015. Currently, for this year, I'm director of bands where I conduct the Wind Symphony and I also direct the athletic band. I supervise music student teachers and teaching two music ed courses as well. So much for retirement. (laughs) But I also teach private woodwind lessons and I'm also the associate conductor of the Greater Richmond Youth Wind Ensemble. So other than that, I'm not doing much.
0: What advice would you give towards educators in this now post COVID educational setting?
1: Okay, these are challenges now that we never would have imagined a couple of years ago in terms of dealing with COVID and how it has affected music programs. The music programs that I see now in the area where I live have all taken pretty large enrollment hits uh, due to basically 18 months of not doing much, not being able to do anything. Middle school programs have taken a bigger hit than high school programs, and we can explain why and how to fix some of that as we go. The first thing the music educator has to do is rebuild the program, and it's not only with numbers of performing students, but it also has to do with rebuilding it in the eyes of the community, and of your administration team. One of the things that I've seen in a couple spots, which is to me is very scary as someone who's a very pro music education person, is that administrators are saying, well, these programs are smaller now, so I'll I'll consolidate these classes, make the position part-time, and use that remaining FTE or full-time equivalent, that I call it, to use it for another subject area that they feel that they need. And so, when you do that, you're going to start pushing programs out the door, and that's very unfortunate. I've seen that happen in a couple places already, and that and we, we really can't have that. So you're going to have to retrain, the, the educator is going to have to retrain their administrator that it's going to take a couple years to build this back. It's not going to happen overnight, and they have to be patient, not only with the expectations, but also with the FTE allotments to allow the teacher to do the job that's needed. On the high school level, you're you're dependent upon the middle school program or programs that feed you. If their numbers are way down, well, guess what? That works up the food chain. And that, and those numbers then will affect the high school program. And honestly, we're going to see that on the collegiate level. A few years after the high school program see it, we're going to see that those problems here, especially in a smaller university like Longwood. So we all have to be proactive in getting the students back into performing arts. In the middle school level, it's easy to see why maybe the numbers hit because there are sixth graders, you can't do, beginning band doesn't work well on a virtual situation. It's pretty hard to do that. And I'm gonna talk about a band perspective, but you can substitute orchestra or choir into this and it's gonna be the same thing, Um, you know? And so this year you had sixth graders that probably for the most part did not see any live teaching the year before. The current seventh graders the year before only saw teaching for half the year. So when you start this coming school year, there will be no kid in a six, seven, eight middle school that's ever had a normal year of middle school, not one, because it's all been during COVID. So in essence, you're starting all over again. And so those teachers have got to be proactive in getting bodies back in the program, not only reaching out to the kids that maybe were in and dropped out because it just wasn't fun you know, uh, but also getting into the elementaries to build those numbers. And then the high school teachers got to be very proactive in getting to the middle school and trying to keep as many of those kids as possible uh, into the high school program so they can maintain their programs as best they're able to.
0: And what are some strategies you think educators can employ to do so?
1: On the secondary level, it's relationships. Kids are in band or choir, or orchestra, because they find a great place to be. It's a safe place for them. It's inclusive. Um, it's the kind of thing where, and I'll use marching band as example, an all-state player can stand next to a ninth grader that can only play four notes, but they still perform together. And that's the beauty of the activity. And you can find those same things in both choir and orchestra. Uh, You know, those same parallels exist there. And so you've got to get the kids back in, you know, to remember what that's like, and, and get them back in and, and build the relationships and maintain them. You also as a secondary teacher also has to build relationships with the kids in the feeder programs, you can't expect to hand out information on band in May, and expect those kids to be there in August. You need to start at the beginning of the year and make regular contacts. If your schedule does not allow you to visit, then send things through the mail. Uh, I, for me personally, what worked for me was I, I sent a list, a, a, a series of five mailings that went out during the school year. I sent snail mail. You know, those things that you put a stamp on it, you mail it out. You know, people still use that once in a while. But this way, I made sure that every family got it. And in it were things like invitations to concerts a scheduling plan for four years with band in it of course substituted for orchestra or choir and it's the same thing that i had the, the head of guidance at the high school that i worked put together for me this is how a student on an advanced diploma can take band or choir or orchestra for four years without without any problems at all without missing it without missing anything and so you send that to them because they don't always get that information and again we always sent uh, letters might involve uh, inform them about what's going on, like the trip. Like for instance, when we would, if the band was doing a Disney parade, we we made a point of sending post- Disney postcards for, to every kid on our mailing list from Disney World from a band member saying, "We're here. If you join band, you can do this too. We're having a blast. Love so and so." And you think that doesn't work? <laughs> and so you know, and in this day and age, and you, you can be create be creative, you know, you need you need videos, you need recruitment hype videos, you know, to send to the kids because that stuff works big time. I wasn't very good at that, but my kids were. And so, you know, prob- once I approved it, and that's a big if, they got then it got sent out. Um, and so things like that get kids excited about coming into the program and will draw their attention away. You're not trying to take them from other electors, but yeah, you are because they don't have very many electives. They make choices. So you got to get the, the ones that play an instrument or sing in a choir. You got to get them. And so that's the key. Without those kids, we don't have a program.
0: How do you think we as music educators can work collaboratively to rebuild our programs?
1: Oh, that's that's a great question. And the thing is, none of us are in this alone. You know, most of you will have colleagues in the, in a, if you're in a bigger county, there's always at least maybe someone else that does what you do. Maybe there's nine high schools. Maybe there's only one, in which case you are the lone ranger. But for most of us, there's usually a couple of high schools in a county or more. And those teachers have got together and and they can everybody can pool ideas and resources together to come up with really good plans to help each other. Because, you know, they say a rising tide rises all ships. And so if one high school band is really starting to, you know, build back, that will help all the others. Now, what I've found in doing this is that some teachers, this isn't their thing. Uh, in fact, one of the ones that I work with during the summer never really recruited much because it's, he's, it's just not his thing. He's a wonderful educator and a tremendous human being and a great father. And I can't say enough good things about him, but he's, he's, he's not comfortable recruiting. For, for whatever reason. And so as a result, for this year, his band had very, very few freshmen. And there are a lot of kids walking around that could be there. And so p- guys like that would benefit by t- taking people that have really good recruiting ideas and putting them together so everybody can feed off of everybody's strengths. And if recruiting and that kind of PR thing is a weakness, well, maybe you find a way to kind of suck it up a little bit and learn from these people whose programs are really strong. That will help them and maybe pull them out of their shell a little bit too. But most importantly, can help build their program back to where they want it to be. And in
0: your role over the years as a student teaching supervisor, I know you've gained a lot of insights from that. And uh, what advice would you give towards incoming students who may be student teaching in this upcoming semester or year?
1: Well, the things I tell the student teachers, and if, if they've had, if they had me for secondary methods, they got a lot of this, a lot of this spiel already, but I teach the, I, I talked to them about the value of recruiting and retention, the two R's or how you build the program. If you don't retain the kids, then all you're doing is, you know, you just have a vacuum going on. You need to retain the kids that are in the program. Now we all know that you're not going to keep all of them. Somebody's going to move, somebody isn't going to want to do it anymore. You know, that's fine, but but you should keep the majority of them. And if you do that with good recruiting class, then your numbers are going to do this. They're going to grow. And that's and that's that's the game plan. Um, so because that's something that's really not taught a lot in undergraduate classes. Uh, but it's something that's stressed. I know in secondary methods, which I'm teaching this spring, um, you know, we're gonna talk a lot about recruiting, we're gonna put the kids through a five-step recruiting process to learn how to get kids, not only from the mi- elementary school into middle school, but how to get them from middle school into high school. And then, um, and hopefully they'll find a couple nuggets they can take with you, with them, that will work in their particular situation. But I also tell the student teachers, and you may remember this too, I said the, 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 the thing and the, the last thing I tell them at the end of the seminar day is, you know, um, get up, dress up, show up and never, ever give up. And that's 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 pretty good advice, too, on on those days that we all have from time to time. You remember that?
0: <laughs> I do.
1: <laughs> good. <laughs> well, good. I'm glad.
0: And is there any other closing insights you'd like to give listeners?
1: Sure. Um, I think it's more important now than ever that the the communities support their music, their music programs. You know, go to the concerts, you know, donate if you're if you're able to do things to help them get back on their feet, because the programs have taken a shot. The high school band program I work I work with every summer after retirement is probably is at 48 percent of its normal membership right now, you know, and hopefully that'll build back but they need need help with with fewer number of people in it. There's fewer number of parents uh, to assist, fewer fewer number of kids to participate in ways to help raise needed capital for the programs. So help out these programs as best you can. You know, all, all of them are important. All of them are full of great kids that, you know, are all coming back after something we would have never foreseen in a million years. And we need these programs to be strong because music education is so important for the development of every student. You know, we're not creating music majors. We're creating great human beings through music. And there's no place better uh, to, to learn to be a good person than in the music hallway of any high school in America.
0: And if those listening had any questions regarding any of the topics we discussed today, how might they best be able to contact you?
1: I would be glad to hear from any of them because, you know, people, when I was younger, people helped me. So I like to pay it, pay it back, pay it forward, I guess. Yeah. My address, my email address is Schaefer S H A F F E R E E at longwood.edu. And my cell is 804-615-0209. I'd be glad to talk with any music educator. If there's anything I can do to help them. It would be my pleasure to do so. Thank you so much for joining us today, Earl. It is my pleasure. Thank you for having me. Music. Enter, enter.